Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allendary, and I'm an infectious disease specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health education expert, that's me, talk to healthcare professionals about what you need to know about COVID-19, as well as community and public health. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Supreme Court decision allows for a deprivatized health care in prison system in Virginia. Recently, the Virginia Supreme Court denied an act that would keep health care for inmates strictly privatized. This clears the way for deprivatized health care options for prisons. This gives the state of Virginia the ability to assume providing health care for those who are incarcerated in the state. Harold Clark, the director of corrections for the state of Virginia, believes that this is a great opportunity to improve the standard of care for their facilities. In the interim period of switching from private health care to state-run health care, a company called Vital Core Health Strategies will be taking over. Previously, the facilities were run by Armor Health, a private company that had a contract with the state of Virginia. This ruling is a huge step, not only for the health care of those incarcerated in Virginia, but may also be a trailblazing decision that will lead other states to do the same. Let's hope so. Mm-hmm. Concerns surfaced over the current healthcare systems in the prisons as costs began to rise and the quality of care was found to be extremely below standard. The COVID-19 pandemic revealed inequities in the healthcare system in prisons. COVID-19 cases spread rapidly through the prisons and there was a lack of precautionary measures to protect those that were incarcerated. Yeah, the pandemic has revealed inequities across a lot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the, in these private systems like this, it's very, especially if you're dealing with a very, very vulnerable community, like mm-hmm. uh, those that are incarcerated, these private entities, remember profits for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is what reigns at the end of the day. Right. So as costs keep going up, or if you have some elderly individuals who are incarcerated and maybe they start developing cancers or other treatments that require significant costs, Mm -hmm. they're going to just cut corners in other places. And Mm -hmm. so this is why they were able to find that the quality of care was well beyond the standard of care. Mm -hmm. Just another example of profits over people. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully the state-run healthcare program will be more comprehensive than the previous system. The state of Virginia will take control of providing care for the approximately 25,000 people incarcerated. The COVID pandemic did bring on staffing shortages for prison workers that resulted in poor security and healthcare delivery, but this change will revitalize and further restore healthcare in Virginia's prisons. I I certainly hope that we start to see this in, in other locations as well. Right. New coronavirus likely spread from canines. Back in 2017, a team of medical professionals feeling sick flew back to Florida from a volunteer trip to Haiti. After testing negative for Zika, public health officials took urine samples from the doctors who took the trip. NPR reports that they found a coronavirus they suspected was new to humans. 
In May of this year, Duke University researchers found an almost identical virus in children in a Malaysian hospital. The genetic sequence of this virus seemed to indicate it had transferred to humans from dogs. This wasn't cause for alarm at this time because human cases of canine coronavirus tested to be isolated incidents that could not spread to individuals. But more cases of the new coronavirus were seen in doctors and nurses in Haiti. Doctors weren't quite sure how it spread yet, but NPR says there's a chance it's already circulated widely without anyone noticing. So some researchers want to start actively looking for instances of the virus in patients to see if the antibodies are widely found. If the coronavirus is found to circulate in people at low levels, it would be the eighth canine coronavirus to spread amongst people. While this news may be anxiety-inducing to some, it's a positive sign for virus discovery and pandemic management. When scientists are able to find viruses early, researchers have the time to study it and create mechanisms to manage it. And also, let me be very clear that this is one of the reasons why we will never see an eradication of coronavirus, because Mm -hmm. it has a multiple mammalian host. Mm -hmm. So while theoretically, and that's a huge theoretically, we could potentially eradicate it from humans, just the fact that it also transmits amongst other animals just means that we'll constantly be cycling back into the human population. Increasing vaccination rates with education and mandates. Philadelphia has recently seen success in vaccination rates across the city. For hospital workers and nursing home workers, the vaccination rates are particularly very high without losing staff members when vaccine mandates for workers came about. Many organizations took their workers' concerns about the vaccines very seriously and improved workers' confidence in receiving the vaccine. Although vaccine mandates for employees are a high driver for vaccination rate increases, The approach taken in Philadelphia led to improved comfort in receiving the vaccine and very few staff departures. Other states without vaccine mandates or highly tailored and powerful education campaigns face poor vaccination rates in hospitals and nursing homes. For example, in Oklahoma, where there is no mandate for employees, around one third of nursing home employees are not fully vaccinated, which is the cause of large outbreaks among staff and residents. Unvaccinated workers in healthcare settings pose a far, far higher risk to their patients. So the workers are faced not only with the dilemma of their decision-making for themselves and their family members, but for their patients as well. Having proper messaging seemed to be the common theme among hospitals who boasted high vaccination rates. One in particular relied on vaccine ambassadors to discuss vaccination with staff across all departments in the hospital, including food preparation and housekeeping. Approaches like these and others provided an opportunity to discuss the vaccine's safety and efficacy, battle misinformation, and discuss issues of mistrust in the government in a very personal and relatable way for employees. This is a great example of how community and interpersonal style approaches to healthcare intervention can be extremely successful in educating populations about not just vaccines, but a variety of healthcare topics. I love this. This is health promotion one-on-one. This is meeting (laughs) people where they are, right? And we have been, what, um, two years where we have been facing so much, so much misinformation about the vaccines, about the virus. And so when you have so many people saying the wrong thing, you can't just say, oh, no, now you need to go do this. Now you need to go get vaccinated because people aren't going to hear that. You have to take different approaches. And I love what this hospital is doing 
because they're taking a different approach to meet people where they are to get them vaccinated. I love it. Yeah. I hope that there's more success like this with other entities across the U.S. Yes. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and to leave us a review, letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at www.hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry, that's D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and to see and share our amazing animations and to find out more information about us and the show, go to noisefiltershow.com. Just as a reminder, COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, do share the same risk factors. We are so grateful to our sponsors, Access Health Louisiana, and to the South Central AETC. You can learn more about them at www.scaetc.org. Hope, any last words? Yes, stay well out there, folks, and continue taking the steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, and seeing your healthcare provider regularly. And protect yourselves and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. As an infectious diseases doctor, I also want to share with the healthcare providers in our audience that the HIV Care Tools app was recently launched by the AIDS Education and Training Center, the AETC. And it's a fantastic tool for ensuring your patients have access to the best standard of care. I encourage you all to check it out. And remember, health is a human right. 